You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Good morning, everybody. Gabriel Lewitt here. And welcome back to another episode of Our Two Cents, joined here, of course, by... The Second Sense. The Second Sense. Right. (laughs) Steve, how are you doing, Dad? I'm doing great. Had a great July 4th weekend. Was fantastic. How about you? I'm doing great, too. It was a a nice July 4th holiday. Uh, Hopefully, you all had a wonderful holiday as well. It was uh, hot. I was in front of the grill, grilling as one does in front of the grill, <laughs> typically. <laughs> right. And uh, it was uh, not only like 90 degrees outside with a real feel of 97, but I was in front of a 450-degree uh, grill, right. which made it feel... So you got double grilled. Uh, made you it got feel grilled, and you got grilled. The real feel was definitely higher. Right. <laughs> so right. uh, hopefully you guys, yeah, hopefully you had a wonderful holiday. Uh, we're excited to be back here. And uh, we've got a great show lined up for you here yeah, today. I missed, I missed the show last week. Uh, uh, I, you know, we were in a rhythm there, and then we didn't do one last week, and I no, kind of missed we did, it. We did do uh, yeah. no, we, we two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah, get, uh, by the way, get a little, get a little closer to the Am mic. Am I too far uh, away? I think you're a hair far away. I'm but, a hair uh, far. You okay. got this thing a little further. But guys, right. <laughs> we're just a little. And how am I sitting now? How does it uh, sound now? It's a little bit better, yeah. Is that better, Joe? Okay, folks, right. we're ready to start again. Oh, no, we're not going to start again. Um, but uh, no, we got a great show lined up for you. We're going to talk about uh, Don't Let the Kids Wreck Retirement. Uh, very interesting. Got some clients that I've seen this with firsthand in uh, recent weeks. I'll talk about Prime Day, uh, big Amazon Prime Day coming up. So if you like online shopping, uh, you should be pretty excited about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a uh, beginner's guide to reading a trust. Okay, so Dad, I'm going to let you... You're going to cover that one for the most part. Okay, I'm ready. And uh, just because I know you're all interested in the 16 greatest small towns for early retirement, we're going to talk about some of those. I already have mine picked out. <laughs> I've got a couple favorites there, too. And then we're going to just uh, all moan together about this new Illinois gas tax hike and some of the ramifications that we might see and expect from that. Cool. Uh, that was recently enacted, of course, uh, Perfect time, right in the summer holiday travel season, right? Great. Nothing like more uh, gas taxes, right, as you're about to love, do all your road trips. Love paying taxes. Support <laughs> the economy. Support everybody else. Yeah, so let's uh, let's dive in here, guys. And our first uh, article here, our first topic that we want to focus on is, are your kids going to ruin your retirement plan? <laughs> Man alive. And uh, this is a real issue. I, I mentioned I was just meeting with a client actually um, last week. And um, she was telling me how all of her kids are out of college now, um, but she herself had incurred a lot of debt over funding her kids' college, and uh, to the tune of I think it was thirty-five, forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and also had refinanced her house. So here she was, you know, about five years away from retirement. Finally, got all the kids out of the house, and they're self-sufficient. But she's got a boatload of debt. That's really going to weigh her down when it comes to her retirement plan. Yeah, I think there are two things the article puts uh, says here. One is, you know, what kind of debt do you come out to? Did you ruin your retirement by getting your kids through college? The other is, what if what if you have a 28 year old and they're still on the payroll, living at living at home, and you're still supporting them? Yeah. So there's all sorts of ways that people support their kids. And uh, actually, the uh, statistic here is that uh, parents of adult children give their kids about $500 billion 
with a B annually. <laughs> so, um, Dad, you know, you know what that means, right? Well, I'm, I, you mean you're going to come live at my house? No, you got to, you got to, oh, I got to give more. Well, yeah, 500 billion. Where's my, where's I feel my like I'm being set up here. <laughs> Let's Just go kidding. to the next article. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so basically, um, and, and half of the people here in this bank rate survey also said that paying their adult children's bills was jeopardizing their own retirement security. So guys, these are real statistics. And I would imagine, um, you know, if you're a listener out there, you, you probably remember paying something on behalf of your children. And the question is, is if you're in the camp, you know, here and there, if you've got the money, that's fine. Okay, we're not even going to dive into the part about whether or not it's a good idea or a bad idea, you know, whether it creates true independence with well, your children. I was, or, I, I was just going to say, yeah. when does love stop and financial wisdom take over? Yeah, you know, so there, there's a whole separate issue there. But we're just talking about the fact is if you give more than you can afford to give, is that going to crimp and hurt and prevent you from ultimately achieving your retirement planning goals? So That's the a, big question. It is. It's a question. And I, I don't think, Gabriel, that you can divorce the two because we have such an emotional drive to t take care of our kids. Mm -hmm. And a kid uh, you know, is 26, 27, or 35, and they're struggling financially, and they say, hey, I got to come home. How do you say no? Mm -hmm. And even if you can't afford it, is that the right thing to do? Is it the right thing? How does a child learn independence if you're always supporting them? And then how do you lose your independence if you're always supporting mm. them because you wreck your retirement? Big questions, right? So yeah. some of the things that people typically spend on, uh, you've got uh, the big ones according to the research, uh, cell phones, okay? So if you are paying for your kids' cell phones, now that's a tricky one actually. I'm not sure, you know, I get this one because we actually have a shared family plan. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, so what's interesting about it is it's so much cheaper to have the whole family on one on plan, one plan yeah. usually than have everybody have their own separate plans that sometimes this, this can make a lot of financial sense. But um, if that's something you've got a really tight retirement budget and you're doing that, that's one of those things you might be able to cut out and your kids might be very financially able to pay for their own cell phones. Uh, so that's one big one there. The other one is helping with the mortgage down payments or other big ticket items. So uh, let's say your kid is uh, 35 years old. They say, Mom, Dad, I need your help. You know, I really want my uh, down payment for a house, but I don't quite have enough money. Uh, can you can you lend a, a son a hand mm -hmm. <laughs> or a daughter a or, hand. or a foot or a, <laughs> or a ten thousand dollars? <laughs> Right. So, you know, and this is hard for you as a parent, I think, to say no to. Even if you know it might impact you, you want to be able to help your kids with the American dream. Right. So that's something that you got to be careful of. Yes. Uh, the big, big ticket purchase weddings. Weddings are another big one. So what we do, folks, if you're in this situation, we not only build you a plan. So when you have a plan and you know what other expenses like supporting a child are in the plan, then you know what your limits are. And if you share that with your, with your son or daughter that you're supporting, they know what to expect and what not to expect. It's not an open-end bank book, mom and dad, can you pay for this, can you pay for this, can you pay for this? We recommend that you actually set up the parameters mm -hmm. of how you're going to support your kid because you want to, and, and 
your son or daughter needs to know what those parameters are. That's real life. Yeah. I think that's very important. Uh, those parameters, those boundaries are healthy and, and going to be good in the long run. The other part, and we're just, we always talk about this over and over, is just how important it is to have your own retirement plan. Because if you don't have that plan and you're just making these gifts of these you know big purchases, these expenditures without really knowing how they're going to impact you, that's how people get caught off guard. And what we're trying to prevent is you being one or two or three years away from retirement and realizing, man, these financial decisions that, and this money that I spent seven or 10 years ago uh, is now going to cause me not to be able to retire. Exactly. You don't want to be finding that out too late. <laughs> so... Uh, so that's the goal of planning ahead. I think if you are in this camp, if you've got questions about how much you're giving to your kids, if you've got enough, can you afford it? Especially if you want to. Um, it's very generous of you, but I'd say most of your kids, if you ask them, would say, Mom, Dad, don't think of me first. We want we want you to take care of your retirement. I, I would hope most kids would <laughs> well, say that. Well, we've seen differently on uh, that. You know, it's versus, like Mom and Dad, forget retirement. I need a new car. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, it's time for you to focus on you. That's our goal, help you have the, uh, the picture-perfect, secure retirement that you've always uh, wanted and worked really, really hard for. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, call us if you've got any questions on that. Of course, you can give us a call, 847-499-3330. That's what we're here for, to help answer any and all questions you've got. Make sure you've got a secure plan. Uh, but let's switch gears here. Let's talk a little bit about— I just wanted to say we'll take phone calls, but we won't take your kids, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We won't take their kids? Right. Uh, like Support them. Well, no, we're not going to take the uh, – no, that's on you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, okay, Amazon Prime Day, a uh, pretty big thing here, uh, Dad. Uh, I don't know if you ever partake. I partook a little bit last year, but not on the, uh, the, the really, really expensive stuff. I look for key deals on things that I already need, which I'll come back to in a second. But uh, Prime Day is uh, Amazon's biggest shopping day of the year, coming up here July 15th and 16th for a full 48 hours. So mm -hmm. you can get your mm -hmm. online shopping spree fix in over uh, two full days. And uh, last year, I think they pulled in an estimated $4.19 billion over 48 hours. And it's officially the start of the get ready for this back to school uh, shopping season mm. is what uh, Prime Day typically represents. So, uh, yes, everyone's in the middle of their summer vacations, travel and all sorts of fun. But it is apparently time to start thinking of getting ready Go back to school. Yeah, you know, what's uh, I got a couple of things on this. You know, what's interesting yeah. in the article it puts out four point one nine billion dollars sounds like a lot of money, but in the total scope of the industry, it's actually uh, pretty. It's only like one point three percent or something. It's a well, small, as far as a singular day goes, it's yeah. pretty big. It, absolutely, yeah. and it um, makes it, the competition is so keen, like Walmart and all the other stores have to keep up with Amazon. They're leading, the, they're changing the way the industry looks on this. Uh, the, there's another part of this that isn't in this article that I happened to see yesterday on the, uh, I was looking on, I think it was the uh, YouTube, uh, but they, it was a, they were talking about what happens in the warehouses mm. to that gather these people running around the warehouses, literally running <laughs> to fulfill these orders on Prime Day. And they, they'll do 15 miles. They have strict data and time horizons. They have a certain amount of time to go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> and, and 
that all kinds of illnesses and things like wow. that. And they're going, I just saw it this morning that they're striking Prime Day the, in the fulfillment centers. There are going to be some strikes. Well, at least give them a, so uh, a pay boost for that day. Something. something, yeah, something. Well, like that. because Amazon, of course, still wants to stick to their shipping deadlines, even on Prime Day, where yeah. you get such a flood of increases. The other, the other interesting thing is, uh, I was actually at Whole Foods over the Fourth of July holiday, and uh, they gave, I, they gave you might still, they might still be doing this just for buying some groceries. They gave me ten dollars off uh, to use on anything during Prime Day, mm-hmm. and so I yeah. bought actually one of the things I bought there was. Um, Two gigantic things of blueberries, which, by the way, if you're a Prime member, you typically get bigger discounts on things at Whole Foods because Whole Foods is now owned by Amazon. Use my card all the time. Yeah. So I, uh, they had some, I mean, phenomenal deal. You know, Normally, a little pint of blueberries is like five bucks. Yeah. And here you got like four pints worth of blueberries for five dollars. Got the same And I uh, bought two of those. And then I also got ten dollars off. Uh, my Prime Day uh, for a Prime Day gift card. So, so pretty cool there. So I have a question for you, Gabriel. Yeah. Should, should I get a an Echo because that was their largest selling item last year? I don't know. The Echo is interesting. I think the hype around the Echo has kind of died down a little bit now. Um, the whole you you saw all the commercials. I mean, everybody wanted something that they could talk to, and it tells you mm-hmm. the weather, mm-hmm. and you could put tasks on it. You know, Alexa, tell me I have to go grocery shopping tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, that but there great. but there was all sorts of the uh, the horror stories about <laughs> Alexa listening to you when she wasn't supposed to and uh, mm-hmm. recording things that. Uh, Maybe you didn't want recorded. And so there's obviously some privacy issues there that, uh, you know, some people are more worried about than others. But uh, for me, I, it just doesn't – I try voice remote commands all the time with um, – what is it? Uh, Comcast on the remote. Oh, yeah, right. Um, the other day I was looking for something, and I tried four times, and it just botched it every single time. And every time they say they've made improvements to it, I try out this voice technology. Never gets it right to the point where I just say, why bother? It's just quicker to – tap my phone once and click weather than to verbally uh, say, Alexa, tell me the weather. I don't, it's not my thing. So that's not just me because on my <laughs> GPS, uh, on my navigation in my car, you know, I'll put in, uh, you know, take me to this address and then it'll say, the nearest gas station is uh, yeah, two minutes I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just not me. Are you kidding me? I just think it... Uh, <laughs> It tries so hard to be just cool, but usually just ends up being a, a pain, in my yep. opinion. Yep. So yeah. maybe you're like us out there, and uh, I don't know, your experiences of uh, dealing with Alexa or the other, what's the other one? Uh, there's, a, there's a few others out there, but I think Alexa is the big one with Amazon. But, but yeah, the point is, is if you want to get some big sales here, make sure you check out Prime Day. You can yep. get big tech of, items. A lot of tech items. Usually yeah. are, are very much on sale. You can get, uh, I always say, if you've got things you normally like to buy, you know, I recommend don't go splurging unless you've got the budget for it. But if you've got normal things you like to buy, keep an eye out for those. You might be able to get a terrific discount on those and uh, $10 off as well if you go to Whole Foods. And folks, tomorrow at 9 p.m., you can t- if you're a Prime user, you can tune in live to see a concert headed by Taylor Swift. Swift, yeah. Yep. Pretty cool. That's pretty good. Added benefit there. Yep. Uh, if you like Taylor Swift. <laughs> Some people. She's not bad. She's, She's not all right. Bad. I like her music. Decent cool. background music. Yep. All right. Well, let's switch. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, trusts here. Do we have to? Well, I think it's a good topic. Okay. Uh, so you know, trusts are a very important part of planning, and it's interesting. Uh, I, I I don't keep official statistics, but probably five out of every ten people that I see mm-hmm. when I ask them, because we typically will ask, you know, do you have wills or trusts. I find that around 50% of the people I see either say no or that the trust is so old 
or the documents mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. so so old they might as well be um, I'm not going to say worthless, but they are not going to do what you want them to do. Exactly. And so the question is, you know, what is a trust? Um, are you familiar with them? Have you seen one? Maybe you were uh, received an inheritance, or you're you all of a sudden found out that you were the executor mm-hmm. of a uh, or the trustee mm-hmm. of a trust, and you you're trying to figure out what to do with this thing. Right. Uh, so, what are some of the most common terms that you might be familiar with or want to be familiar with if you need to read through a trust? So, folks, reading through a trust, it's a legal document. And they're writing them today much, much more understandable than they used to do in the past, but it's still a legal document. So uh, I always suggest you got, you, you got to get an attorney uh, to help you read through it and understand what those sections mean. But there's simple language that you're going to look for. Who is the, who is the trustee? Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it's the people that made the trust, what are called the grantors of the trust. Yeah, I think the key thing is, is, is for most people when they first create one or when they first realize they need to understand one, uh, that's when they realize there's a lot of lingo in here that I don't understand what these terms mean. And the problem with that is these, these are such important documents that if you don't understand these and you start to read through them, your eyes will start to glaze over. It's a legal contract. It can be pretty, uh, pretty deep to read through. And uh, that can create some issues if you're not really paying attention as you start to read through these. Especially a lot of boilerplate. Everything in that trust is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. There's a legal reason every paragraph is in there. So it might be something that maybe one in 10,000 might happen, but it might happen to you. So you need to understand it. You got to look at how are the beneficiary, who are the beneficiaries? Are they still current? Mm -hmm. Did somebody pass away? Is somebody disabled all of a sudden? Uh, when will they get the money? Who will make the decision about when they get the money? Does the trustee do that? Do you put certain age brackets into it? All of these are in the trust. If an IRA goes into a trust, it has to have special provisions. Uh, taxes within the trust have to be handled a certain way. So, you know, I'm a certified estate planner. I can read a trust. I can talk. Uh, I'm not an attorney. I can talk lingo with an attorney. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you have a trust or you're doing a trust, go through each paragraph, make a note, and then sit down with your attorney. Yeah. Yeah, generally. And, and ask g- them the question. People ask us, can I just go online and do this? <laughs> oh, so, I get that. Yeah, we can do a trust online. Well, you know, generally, we would always recommend you work with a qualified attorney. If, if you've sat in our chairs here and seen some of the really, really poorly worded trusts that we've seen and some of the ramifications that have come from that. Just because, I, I mean, I, I had a client that inherit, um, he was a trustee of a trust, and when um, his aunt uh, passed away, uh, I mean, some of the language in I this remember, thing I remember was, reading his I trust. mean, we, we were trying, we spent a couple hours reading through this thing, trying to decipher what in the heck was going on with it, because it was so poorly written. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, you know, if this beneficiary, you know, outlived this one, if this one didn't, then half goes to here, and then a quarter goes over there. Everything shifted if one little part changed with one of the named beneficiaries. So there was all these branching, uh, you know, 
caveats. <laughs> it was just yeah, and it wasn't clear who was who was why yeah. who you know who was on first and and once on you second. start all those if then else's kind of scenarios and you don't cover all those scenarios, you literally are left with gaping holes mm-hmm. with no actual concrete answer of how, what's supposed to be done with a certain amount of money, and that can create a lot of confusion. And the goal, one of the big goals of having a trust, is to have very clear, defined answers for all the things that you want to have happen. It's a way of controlling where your money goes yeah. after you pass. Yep. So you want that clear. Otherwise, it becomes at the discretion of the trustee, mm-hmm. and it might go where you don't want it to go. Exactly. So, so guys, you know, as you think through this, I mean, the first part is is if you know that uh, I like to say to some of my clients, you know, it's very easy to procrastinate on you know, creating these legal documents. It's not going to be something you're looking forward to doing. It's not going to be necessarily very quick. It's going to cost you some money. For all these reasons, it's such human nature to procrastinate on these, but it can be so important to you. Um, There's so many different horror stories of, you know, really wealthy people, not to mention just everyday people that could have really used these these in place. You know, we, we just over the weekend, Gabriel, just updated and reviewed my trust. Which of, which, of course, you're part of. Yeah, well, good. But we sat, you know, it is. It's uh, emotionally draining because you're sitting there talking about passing away, what's going to happen, who's going to get, how the kid's going to be, who's going to get mo- what money went, and you're not here. So it's mm-hmm. in a very, I found it, even though I do it every day and you do it every day, talking about myself and going through it for two hours with, with my <laughs> wife, it was like, that was an emotional experience. Yeah, I'm sure you were just really excited about doing that all week. Right? I couldn't. I couldn't wait. <laughs> Better than golfing, right? <laughs> that was after golf. Yeah. Well, here, you know, if you're interested, guys, this article I think has a good, you know, preliminary primer and some key points you might want to consider. Um, here's just a couple of these. Okay, look to see whether the trustee can distribute both income and principal. So there's questions about what you can take out. Um, do the assets have to be paid to one person? Does the trustee have discretion? We talked about that to distribute to different beneficiaries. Uh, when does the trust end? Does it have a termination date? Um, does it need to be um, wound down? Okay, or does it, is it intended to stay open permanently? Uh, can beneficiaries remove and replace a trustee? And for example, if you're a beneficiary, you don't agree with one of the trustee's decisions. What are your powers and what are the, what are the different options available to you? Mm-hmm. Um, does the trustee have to provide beneficiaries with accounting? Um, so there's all these different um, components here, guys. And, and this is why it's so important to work with somebody uh, to create this the right way because you're just not going to be an expert on this by going through it once. Yeah, and so it's, it's very like learning important. to fly an airplane yeah, on the decision. internet. You know. Okay, so uh, guys, if there's questions about, if you've got a current trust, again, we work and partner with some uh, pretty capable attorneys here. Uh, we've got some attorneys that are uh, more cost-effective. We've got some uh, pricier attorneys. Depends on the, precisely what you need. Um, we can always help you try to decipher some of your own trust documents. So if, let's say, you find out that you are a uh, uh, trustee and you need some help, uh, we can provide you some preliminary guidance at no cost. And of course, if we need to get an attorney involved, which very often we do, uh, we can help you with those introductions. In any event, folks, if you want your trust reviewed, that's there's no cost to having your trust reviewed. Uh, mm-hmm. So bring, by, by it, bring, us. Us. bring <laughs> yes. it in. Well, some, even some of our attorneys yeah, will review it that's at true. no cost. Mm-hmm. So bring it in. Let us let us take a look through it and see if it just needs to be. Sometimes it's just a minor amendment to uh, to bring it up today. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. Uh, let's talk about um, going back to retirement here. Uh, I always like, whenever I see these articles, I click on them. And hopefully you're, you guys are as interested hey, in these too. I don't click on them. You don't click on them? No. No, I love these ones. Oh. I, maybe I'm a traveler. Are you, are at my, you planning my on retiring? Yeah. No, what, next week? <laughs> yes. The right page of 35. I'll take over for you. <laughs> Uh, but here, if you're thinking about retiring, okay, uh, whether early or just normally, um, this, the article says for early retirement, but I actually think these are great no matter what. I would actually title this, if you want to retire in a small town, where are the top destinations for you? And again, when, when this was done by Kiplinger's here, they have a criteria, tax efficient, um, you know, I think this, these were towns that don't have a ton of uh, population density, small, small. you know, small. So what are some of the places that you can go to? And the benefit of small town living. Now, guys, I don't know if you know this about me. I think I've mentioned it before. I grew up in a very, very small town. I was actually clicking on this. Maybe my town was in it, but I wasn't. But I grew up in Chester, Vermont, population 3,000. Um, you know, very just different vibe than the Chicago suburbs. Very different vibe than Florida, California. Okay, so folks, nothing was happening. Yeah, you in this town, Chester, Vermont, uh, is not, not nothing. Not, not a lot of action going on there. Okay, so but for some of you, when you think about retiring and just kicking back and relaxing, that might be the exact thing that appeals to you. So, with that in mind, uh, we're going to share with you some of the top destinations for small town retirement. Okay. And as you may not be surprised uh, to hear, one of the ones on the list is uh, Alaska. Okay, you could go to Juneau, Alaska. It's got a population of 32,434. And uh, interestingly enough, it's uh, one of the most tax-friendly states, uh, Alaska. You may not know that. No, okay. no, no um, income tax? No property tax did it say no state income tax or sales tax yeah. um, no sales tax doesn't tax social security other retirement no. benefits uh, so there's a couple of other benefits there as well but it's uh, for those reasons amongst others was ranked as one of the most tax friendly as well as being a small town so um, but guys you know it is Alaska so if, if you move there you uh, hopefully you like a little bit of cold weather uh, you like uh, not having as much sunshine um, generally speaking, you, maybe you like moose in the outdoor uh, world. Um, that's kind of what you're going to get in uh, June. Maybe you like moose. Moose. How about bear? Bears. Uh, I, I bet they have moose. They have. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I've, Asbury Park, New Jersey. When I grew up in New York, Asbury Park was not a place you wanted to go. No? So that's uh, that's amazing maybe, that uh, it's on the why is it? What's the uh, criteria here? Uh, I, well, it's near the beach. It's, uh, it's on the beach. Hmm. And hmm. Uh, apparently it's a lovely place to retire now. My favorite in this was Kappa, Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I love Hawaii. If you're going to find a small town to retire. Uh, personally, I don't think Hawaii seems too bad, but the downside there is will you be really close or far away from your family? Very far away. Okay, so that's, you know, all these different places come with some pros and cons, and those are some of the things to think about. But in, in Kappa, hopefully we're saying that right, Kappa, uh, Kappa? I don't know. Uh, Hawaii, the total population is a little bit bigger, 71,093. Okay, and the uh, cost of living, though, here's one of the downsides, uh, is still 67.5% above the national average. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're going to spend a little bit more uh, in Hawaii. Um, Hawaii as a state in general is fairly tax-friendly, but um, it's something where you just got to be, be aware there's, there's things about island living. Make sure you like it before you commit to it. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, and some of the other ones here, we have a our chief compliance officer, chief operation officer, Steve Thomas. Uh, he's uh, he moved here from South Dakota, so he always loves to talk about South Dakota. But South Dakota is on the list here. I think there was where is it? Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to find it here. Uh, we got Bismarck, North Dakota. Okay, that's here as well. The cost of living there is a little lower uh, than the national average. Tax friendly as well. Uh, yeah, there here's South Dakota. Okay, we've got. Pierre, South Dakota. Pierre. Pierre, okay. And uh, very, it's one of the most tax-friendly states. He always likes to tell us about that. And the cost of living is below the national average, and it's not a, uh, a huge place. So you're going to have a lot of locals there. Um, Hope you enjoy hiking. You know, maybe, yeah, hiking. Hiking, um, hiking. Hmm, what else fishing, you got? Fishing, fishing. Golfing. There's some good golfing. Shooting moose. There. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's moose <laughs> in South Dakota. No. Uh, that's... I don't know. I don't think so. Don't Maybe. Know. Okay. Who knows? Probably bear. My favorite... Steve could tell you. See Thomas. So, <laughs> so I've been to New, uh, new uh, Milford, Connecticut, and that's on the list too. This is like... I love Connecticut because it's... Uh, first of all, it's some of the areas of Connecticut are uh, beautiful, just rolling hills and mm -hmm. little mountains yeah. and places like that. New Milford is like this quaint town. It's just spectacular. And the great part about it, it's right, It's only 80 miles from New York. Yeah. It's 150 miles from Boston, yeah. so you can get on a train. It looks really pretty from the pictures. So if you click the article, you'll get all the pictures here, which is nice. But it does say it's amongst the least tax-friendly states. I just noticed that. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be one of your downfalls in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Nothing in Vermont. I was at, Again, I was clicking on it. Or New Hampshire. If, uh, yeah, I love New no, Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire's got some nice places in it. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe no state income tax there either. Uh, I have to double check. How about Chester, Vermont? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, it's not not a lot of. They actually had one restaurant there that we used to go to. Yeah, uh, that was really nice. Well, some decent right. food, but yeah. still, population three thousand. That's small. Big, That's well, small, small. skiing. It was all yeah. skis. Ski Skiers resorts in the winter. In the winter nice. time. Yeah. What mountain were you near? Okimo. 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 Folks, mountain. you don't know this about Gabriel, but he was a snowboard instructor. Yeah, for uh, for six years between fourteen and twenty. Almost killed himself on the half pipe. <laughs> uh, I toned it down after that. I uh, yeah, I fell like what was it, fifteen feet out of the half pipe onto my head, blacked out, broke my wrist. Um, somehow ended up uh, when I woke up, I was in the um, just a little side story in the little emergency room there at the at the at the uh, mountain, and I said, well, how did I get here? They said, oh, you, you snowboarded down. <laughs> don't remember any of it. Oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah, so apparently I blacked out and skied down the uh, the entire slope to the uh, to the little medic room. Crazy. <laughs> While unconscious. He's, so, cal he's calmed down. Yeah, apparently that was, uh, that was a good time. Uh, now probably you, have some now you're going to watch your that. kids do that. I know, right? Uh, I got to get them some helmets. That's, uh, that's a, They say that's what saved me was the helmet. It uh, could have been sure. much worse. Hey, let's end on a happy note. Yeah, happy note. Illinois taxes, guys. Uh, we talked about this, gas taxes. Here's the scoop. I know we're running uh, close to our time here, but uh, the tax for the mu motor, muter, motor fuel. <laughs> Uh, motor fuel tax in Illinois went up from doubled from 19 cents to 38 cents. How about that? Uh, lo love to see about our taxes doubling there. But here's the key, guys. Not only is it going to impact the people driving a lot, it's also going to impact you in ways you may not think about because um, you've got people that, um, you know, all sorts of industries that rely on gas. Okay. In specific, we've got garbage haulers. You, um, some specifically that were interviewed for this article said they will, their, their expenses on annual basis might increase by a million dollars. And they absolutely said they cannot just absorb that 
Where does that go if they can't absorb it? Trickles down, aka gets passed down to you, the consumer. So even if you're not necessarily driving a lot, you're going to see an impact well, there. Anything that has a car. I think the delivery it, drivers. Deli- Uber was in U- here um, Possibly Uber. You've got um, the dry cleaner dry because they factor delivery into yeah. their pricing. Um, you've got the, um, you know, yeah, you might order pizza and the delivery charge going to be a dollar more. Exactly. Okay, just because exactly. they, they, nobody, everyone has these profit margins. And that's what's so important to think about with taxes is, is there's always these effects, these trickle-down effects. And it's, it's, it's why raising taxes isn't always the best answer on everything. And I don't know. Uh, Illinois doesn't always uh, listen to that, but um, well, it'll be Illinois, interesting. Illinois is dead broke, so yep. there's going to be more taxes. I think everybody, everybody expects that, which is why one of the reasons why the population is changing. It is. It is. People, people, moving, people migrating people moving out. out so, uh, so in case you didn't know about that tax, it wasn't the most fun thing to tell you about, but it's important for you to know. I actually hadn't realized it either um, up until recently, and then I saw that that was coming, and I was like, oh, man, this is just I great. didn't realize. This is great. Just another tax. Hey, I didn't realize it at all until I filled up my gas-guzzling yeah. high-octane car, and it was $80. Yeah. Eighty dollars well, to fill my. Well, gas I'll tell tank. you what. I I, sw- I I got a new car what a couple months ago, and I went from a big SUV back to a sedan. And first of all, I, I just love driving the sedan in general because it's more fun uh, than the lumbering SUV. But my gas mileage almost doubled, mm-hmm. and I fill up my tank now. And when I used to fill up my old tank, uh, yeah, you know, as a mileage counter, it said it would be uh, you know uh, two hundred and eighty miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, okay. And uh, this new one has a smaller gas tank. And every time I fill it up, I get uh, my my most recent one was 506 miles was my That's estimate. Great, I'm, and it's just phenomenal. I love it. I'm filling up half as much, and as, uh, gas mileage makes a big deal. You know, efficiency makes a big deal. Big deal. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's our show. Uh, so, yeah, if you worry about any of this stuff, you know, trusts and financial planning, retirement planning, spending on your kids. I know we covered a, a wide range of topics here today. Um, that's what we're here for. We're here to help answer any and all of your financial questions. We're a one-stop shop for everything you could possibly think of financial and investment related. But let us help you craft a secure retirement plan that you can feel um, good about and you can count on. That's why we are here, what we love to do and why we wake up every day exactly. and get excited. Excited to come into work. So uh, give us a call, 847-499-3330. Uh, schedule a complimentary appointment, never never a cost to do that. Um, if you've got questions you want us to answer on the show, head to our website, sglfinancial.com. Learn more about us. We, and, got, we uh, got a lot of questions yeah, this week. We'll, we'll do another uh, round of questions here on our next show or two. So okay. keep sending those in. And guys, thank you so much for being a listener. We appreciate it. Make sure you share the, uh, the link and tell your friends. We love to uh, continue to grow our audience. And otherwise, have a fantastic week, and we will see you on the next show. See you all. Stay well. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com. And be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode.